Welcome to Lead with Clarity, where we help you focus on what matters most. I'm your host, Scott Sutherland, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shondell, and Melanie Montgomery. So grateful for you two. And hey, what is one word that would describe how you're feeling right now? Energetic. Okay. Organized. Yeah. Right on. We're nailing it. Okay. And I, yes, I agree with you both. Okay. So we are on (laughs) season three. Well, I'm feeling (laughs) both of those things. (laughs) Slightly overwhelmed, but not bad. Hey, I'm making it. Okay. Yeah. So we are talking about recession proofing your business. This is episode number four. We have covered already simplify everything. Train, teach, and invest in your talent. And today, we're talking about the E. This is Elevate Structure. Melanie, you are so good at this kind of stuff. And you crack me up that it brings you joy and relaxing for you to do spreadsheets. It really does. You know, and, and I was thinking about this. And, you know, my dad was in the Marines and my mom is a lawyer. So structure was very important growing up. And you know what? Structure brings me comfort. I like creating and I like having it. And I think it's so helpful. I like to bust through structure. and I lo- But however, I love to create systems for other people. I just don't like to follow them. It's a problem and I want to get better at it. <laughs> See, I like creating my own so I don't have to follow anybody else's. Oh, there you go. I, I love it. Yeah, so when we talk about structure, we're talking about the processes, we're talking about the procedures, we're standard operating procedures, we've got all the stuff that makes us so dialed in and working wonderfully well. And at Shondell Group, we always suggest when we go into any organization that we do an organizational health diagnostic, the OHD, we call it. And what we're really looking for there is that we are going to get like a leadership team is the ideal place, we have an executive team together. And we talk about what are that we talk about the people, the priorities, and the performance of those, and that absolutely captures where our structure is not optimal. So, because you're the guru <laughs> in the room, I want you to kind of talk about when we help teams, or when, and what we're really talking about is as we're going into a possible recession, or really we use it anytime, but let's just meet the need here. What are some things that our listeners can do to really recession-proof their business with their structure? Yeah, so I feel like our structures, especially in a business, really define how we do things and what is the way that we um, do every single thing in our business. And that could be down to how do we check someone into a hotel versus how do we reach out to a client? And they can have so many different things, but it really gives the team a guideline because how many times have we been in a business whether it's um, one that we work in or one that we visit and there's no consistency yeah it's so frustrating and when we say this is how we do it our team always has that guideline they have the expectations it's all outlined there so that they know what to do how to do it and what that expectation is and we can hold them accountable to that yeah i know uh, we just brought on a new team member in erica and um, we've been for the last month really coming up with our sops we called mm-hmm. it's so funny because i don't think she knew what it stood for but she was all in and there's <laughs> those standard operating procedures and what that allowed is that and she's so good at them that we're just having her create them is that we you tell someone once 
and then we follow the structure. And then if we get, I mean, you can always be creative in the structure, but we always come back to this is how you get this done. And it's so fun because as we have been developing these and developing more systems and you've come down from Olympia to really help us get those structures in place, um, it allows me to go on a sabbatical that I really need to go and get fresh vision for both uh, our business, myself. And it's because we now have all of these structures in place. Right. And, you know, last uh, episode we talked about training. Mm Mm-hmm. And how it's so important to really train our team. Well, how do we train them on what to do if it's not written out? That's right. And how do they know what they're supposed to do? And how do we make sure it's done right every single time so that they know exactly what's expected of them? And you bring up a good point of we can be creative. This doesn't have to be you have to say X, Y, and Z. But it can say, you know, during the interaction... Uh, what you need to say the guest's name at least three times to make right. sure that they're felt heard. Yep. It doesn't mean that you have to say, you know, this is a script and I'm a robot. Right. It just means that these are the expectations. This is the way that we do things. And for the more technical pieces, they are more structured. And I might pick on Scott here for just a minute because he struggles a little bit with technology. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, and so when I walk him through something that to me, because I've been working with technology for so long, it seems really simple and easy. It's not because it's not intuitive. And so if I have it all written out and I can give it to him and I can say, okay, Scott, we're going to walk through this. I'm going to show you. I'm going to watch you do it. Now, if he forgets a step, he has a place that he can go and say, oh, that's what I need to do. And so we're giving our team the tools to really be able to do their jobs well and empower them. Yeah, and I know that uh, when we did the organizational health diagnostic with um, the dental group, it was surprising that one of the things we needed were standard operating procedures. And um, why don't you go ahead and talk about how your team really took the bull by the horns on that one? Yeah, in fact, we made uh, an amazing binder of SOPs, and that made it so nice when we had, you know, just a a new hire uh, to come in and go through the book and know how to do anything. And so, and one other thing that I think was really important, too, uh, was the fact that we did get to a place where everybody was so well cross-trained in the office. And I think those SOPs made that happen. Absolutely. And I remember when we had a conflict with um, a group there that it was all about one of the folks weren't following that. And it made everybody else's life so difficult. And Mm -hmm. so you eventually had to get involved and say, hey, listen, we do this structure for a reason and it's for efficiency effectiveness and you doing your own thing although it's creative is causing a lot of problems and you actually had to get involved to make sure that everyone was abiding by that so i think that's a that's another good point yeah and well and for my field in in dentistry i really wanted there to be continuity throughout the office And so when that was in place, so that the patient experience was the same, no matter who they saw or came into contact with, that was really important to me, ended up being really important to the patient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up a really good point, Shondal, that 
Part of standard operating procedures isn't just the how. I found that a really important component is the why. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to go into multiple jobs where there were either no SOPs at all um, or they were very outdated. And so I found myself creating the whole structure for SOPs multiple times throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I put why we do this, it really helped tie everything in together. Yeah. And so, like, one of the SOPs I created for it was for um, how to handle an upset guest. And so at the top of that, we had the why. And the why wasn't just, of course, we want happy people, but yes, of course. But it really dug into the purpose, why that's important to our organization. You know, when we help an upset guest, we're creating someone who goes and, and tells other people about our business. That's right. We have the opportunity to turn it around and really create an advocate. And we really want to, at the end of the day, make people feel heard and understood and cared for. And so that this thought process was really how that whole thing was built. So then we looked at here are the steps to really helping someone, but it was rooted in caring for your team. And so when people understood, okay, this is the process, they saw this is why it's so important to do it a certain mm -hmm. way and to do it in, with the, these ideas in mind. Yeah, that's so good. And that would be a really good take-home value is that people add the why before the how in mm -hmm. any SOP that they're doing. Well, why don't we talk a little, a few, uh, let's go on to some more. What, what other things would we recommend people really focusing on to recession-proof their business? Yeah, so I think a lot of times we really focus on what they're doing, but we don't necessarily have metrics in place to say, how are you performing? Are you doing better or are you struggling with something? And how are we measuring your success? And so one thing that's really important in any role is the KPI, the performance indicators, where we can really say it, to be the best team member, these are the things that you're going to do well, and those have to be measurable. So we're saying, you know, these are the things that I really want you to focus on and that are important to our business and our team, and then really checking in on those things and saying, how are we measuring up to our customer service? Is that, you know, how is our scores coming back? You know, when we have those measurable items, then we can check in with our team and give them the feedback to say, you're doing this well, keep it up. Or, you know, how about let's try this another way, or let's go back to our SOP, but we really have to measure those indicators, and depending on the field, they can be a, a lot of different things, but measure your success and figure out how to measure your success, and then check in with people about yeah, it. Yeah, this reminds me of um, just an incredible book I read by Patrick Lencioni about um, the engage, employee engagement, right? So I think the original was Three Signs of a Miserable Job. And what he, he, I love the way he writes because he always talks about the negative. But he was saying the way that you can, everyone absolutely needs to be known, needs to know that they matter, even if it, their job matters, whether it's just to you as their boss. And third thing is, are they being successful? So that's being measured. And that calls right. right up to this KPI. So it, again, it fits into our other, um, you know, investing in our talent and making sure that our culture is amazing. But that fits right in here. Yeah. And so often we don't really check in with our employees until it comes to their annual evaluations. Oh, boy. And, you know, if anything that's on an employee evaluation is a surprise to the employee, yeah. then the leaders really aren't doing, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Or they need to really invest in that time to say, 
I'm going to, I'm going to coach you right now on what you're struggling with instead of waiting until the end, um, to fill out this form that we just have. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we don't really necessarily track it consistently. Yeah. Don't even get me started on those once a year feedback things. Cause I'll go off. So I'm going <laughs> to stay focused on the elevating structure piece. Another thing that we really need during this time is that we get very specific with our targeted goals. And so as you're talking about the SPI, uh, SPI, KPIs, we also want to get very specific in how we're going to market, how we're going to, um, you know, what market are we looking for? And in a recession, we might want to really develop that niche market or niche, however one says it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that, about how that's really helpful? That's a really great question. And something that I think that we all really need to look at is where are we focused on? When I left hospitality and really moved into consulting and being in a nonprofit, it was like this whole new world opened up to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, there are people who literally focus their career on the things that I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And because I chose my career so early, I just didn't experience that up until then. So I realized that those individuals are probably who I need to be targeting. Yes. My target market is people who are passionate about helping others yes. and who are passionate about bringing these different initiatives into their organizational culture. You know, I really thought that I could only be segmented into casinos and hospitality, and I realized that when I look at these are my niches, I can really then focus instead of just kind of throwing the net out and seeing what I catch. Yeah, that's so good. And like even companies like, like ours, like we could help anybody. We could help, help any kind of company, but we are focused on people who want to be people-first organizations. You know, in other words, like our BHAG is that all of our clients win the best place to work. Like, so we don't need to be marketing and doing all the strategy that even though we do that, like we do it well. And we do these big things that, you know, the KPIs and all the structure, but what we're focused on. So that's a, an opportunity during the recession is that people can like bring it in a little bit. In other words, they're trying to reach everybody. Now they don't have that big of a marketing budget. So let's get really clear in who our ideal client is, the ideal customer so that we can do that niche marketing, that niche marketing, however people say that, uh, to get us ahead. And then um, I think you're really uh, passionate about embracing automation and really implementing systems that streamline duties. Like, what would you say about that? Yeah, well, I can just tell you that um, learning macros and pivot tables changed my life. And for those nerds out there, you'll know what I mean. And for people like us, we don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so there are so many things that you can do even within simple structures that save you so much time. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, we created a mail merge where we could just send people emails based off of a spreadsheet that we already created, and it's going to save hours of time. I'm so excited. So we can do automation within the systems that we already have, but there's also a lot of opportunity out there to create automation by supplementing your business with technology. And so there are so many things that we can say, like, what if I bring in this, like, um, you know, bot that does something or whatnot mm -hmm. yeah. um, that can really help my business where I can alleviate some pressure off my team so that they can focus on other things. And so when we open up our minds to what's out there um, and really look for what are the ways that I can streamline and automate, it can be so helpful. Yeah. And one of the other things that 
uh, where, that goes in with this is just assessing what waste is out there. And we talked a little bit about in simplifying everything, so we don't need to go too far in episode two, but really talking about really realizing like here, we don't even need to do this. Like, why are we even doing this? So much of that pruning is so important in this evaluation period. And I think another thing that's really essential during this time. And so another thing that we really need to concentrate on is reinvesting in our current customers and customer support with excellence. Like really, really realizing that in this time of recession, when we're bringing it all in, that we can double down into our customer um, focus. So I know this is your passion of yours. Yeah, customer service is what I spent my whole career in, and I think it's so important to everything. And so when we look at how do we really engage with our customers, it's so important to make sure that we're valuing the customers that already came to us. And so it's important to know that it costs so much more to get a new customer than to keep an old customer. So we always need to be thinking about how are we engaging with our customers that we had yesterday or last year. Um, whether it be with email newsletters that we send out or really just checking in on them. And when we have a structure that really helps us to engage with those customers, it really makes a difference. Yeah, and I know that we're just like, for now, our Chandel group has just been running and gunning for quite a bit of time. And if the recession hits and we get hit a little bit like, what a great opportunity, I get almost excited. We can reconnect with our, we have time. It's not that I don't like, oh, I need your business now. Like, no, I just I haven't talked to you forever. Like, I can't wait to re-engage with you. And I get so excited because I have the time. And yet we could do that with a lot of purpose and a lot of vision uh, to create that. Yeah. And, you know, if we wanted to, and this is where that structure comes in, we could set aside a block of time on our calendar an hour a week, two hours a week, and really say, I'm going to prioritize reaching out to our past clients. And so creating that structure can help us now too. Right. That's That's a really, really good point. So anything else about how we get our team to buy in to elevating our structures and taking our processes, procedures seriously into the next level? Yeah. Well, I think that's such an important question. And what I found is that when I needed to develop something, and especially when it was a change in a process, I had to really invite my team into the entire process. Because if I just told them, oh, hey, this is what we're doing, and now you're going to have to change X, Y, and Z, here's an SOP, uh, let me know if you have any questions, (laughs) that creates a lot of frustration. But if instead I say, you know, let's have a meeting and talk about this process and how we can do it better. And I invite them into the beginning and get their ideas. Number one, I'm going to have a better process because they're the ones doing it. They know what is working and what's not. But then they have buy-in into the process. And when we make the change, they're not fighting me every step of the way. That's right. We always say, ask don't tell, mm-hmm. you know, get buy-in, don't give direction right. without that buy-in. Well, that's great. Well, I bet it's time to land this plane, isn't it, Scott? Yes, it is. So I'm just going to remind everyone, please go to our website, shondellgroup.com, and, and look at our podcast if you want to uh, catch up. Uh, or we'd love to hear your questions. Please send your questions to podcast at shondellgroup.com. We love answering questions. And also just know that we are available to run a organizational health diagnostic or help you with your structures we just love it and we want to see you get to your next level so as always be the best you can be today